in hip hop where people will, because of cadence, or just the way in which you say the word. Like if you say, instead of orange, if you say like orange, you can rhyme that with D-range. There's like things that you could just do. You're m, &M. more talent. I'm a sweet little candy. Literally. I mean, I'm a little bit of chocolate. <laughs> This podcast contains the arguably witty banter of two friends, Skippy and Doogles, that like to debate about investing. The content is intended to be entertaining and for informational purposes only, not investment advice. You should do your own research and consult a financial professional before using any of the information in this podcast, and especially before investing. You ever watch that show in on VH1? It was called whatever the decade was they were talking about, so it'd be like, I love the 2000s, 80s. I love the 80s, I love 90s, the 90s, yeah. right? You yeah. watched that back in the day? There was one episode I recall where I think they were talking about, I think they were talking about the nineties. I think it was, I love the nineties. And there was this uh, black dude. It was a bunch of comedians for those that haven't seen it. It'd be like comedians that were on there, celebs of some sort, but a lot of times they have comedians on there talking about things they enjoyed about that decade. There was one, I don't remember who it was, but it was a black comedian was on there and he was talking about his uh, high school graduation. And he said, he said the, the people I hung out with in high school were, like school wasn't a big deal for them, right? We'd hang out, we sit the 7-Eleven, sip in our, thir you know, uh, our Slurpees, mm -hmm. you know, maybe light a little something up that wasn't legal at the time, et cetera, et cetera. And he goes, so that's what they knew about me. And he goes, then we get to high school graduation and they're like, the valedictorian of the class is whatever, and like, <laughs> you know, called him out. And, uh, and he said his friends like turned to him and looked at him and he goes, I hang out with y'all, but I be reading. That's pretty, that's pretty gangster. I'll bring that up because today's show, what are we going to do? Now I'm confused. We're hanging out at 7-Eleven? Yes. We're buying 7-Eleven stock <laughs> and we're reading. It reminds me of the story. I was hanging out with a kind of a big shot lawyer at a wine tasting a couple months back. Okay. And I happened to be talking to the winemakers about their equity model. So like every equity is on the brain, right? So I'm talking to this dude about how he structures his law firm. And I'm like, yo, it's, is it just you eat what you kill? With those who don't know, it just means that the business you bring in the door is what you get paid on. Typical law firm model. He yeah. goes, no, man, no, we're switching to more of an equity model. I've been thinking about this for two months. I finally got it this week. It was a Munger moment. What's happening is this dude started and owns the firm. And it turned out that he wasn't killing much meat these days. Oh. <laughs> so he's switching up the model, man. Are humans great? He's like, no, I need, <laughs> no, it's more of an equity model. Uh, yeah. You know why? We're just switching that up, actually. I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it. Here we go. It's yeah, about today, that passive income. It's about that passive that, income. That passive income. Today, we're going to talk like 15 books. And here's with feedback, skippydoogles at gmail.com. We think this might be interesting. We think the listeners might be looking for the next novel to pick up. Uh, very few of these are even investing related, but they're stuff we've consumed in the past three to six months or so and uh, that we liked. Like, we're not just telling you everything we read because oh, I'll save you that garbage. We're going to have, we'll have a few quick hits of stuff that's been going on, then do what Skippy just said. What I'll say, though, is when you say not investment related, what we mean is not directly, it's not like an investment book necessarily, but we discussed Lee Lu a few months ago. And one of the things I, I really loved about what he was talking about when he was visiting that class is investing is about pattern matching, knowing a broad group of things so that when you're looking at a company, you can better assess it. 
So I find everything's investment related. So that's fair. Quick hit time. Quick hit time. All right. I'm going to start off with something you sent over to me that I thought was pretty solid. It's a Goldman Sachs outlook. America powers on is the name of this. Just like Warren Buffett always says, bet on America, bet on America. So what Goldman is saying in this piece or this, uh, this report is they're saying, we've been telling y'all since the great financial crisis, we've been telling y'all, I didn't, I didn't uh, fact check them, but I'm gonna believe them. We've been telling y'all keep, keep investing in the U S cause that's the way to go. U S is outperforming international U S is crushing. There's one thing I'm going to pull out of here though. There's a, there's a lot in here. We'll put on the Substack, skippydougals.substack.com. We'll put that on on Monday. But one thing I'll pull out is they have this chart. We've seen this in a few places, but they have a chart of the S&P 500 price index versus earnings. And they, they, they talk about earnings a good amount in here and how U.S. earnings are going to be growing faster than other earnings. They look at uh, P.E. ratios, look at lots of stuff. One of the points I want to raise, though, is they're saying earnings will continue to grow Corporations are spitting out profits in the U.S. Stay invested in the U.S. When earnings grow, price grows. Stick with it. Mm -hmm. I was then reading this report from FactSet. FactSet is an organization that is kind of like a think about it like a Bloomberg-ish type organization where they it's a place you can go to look at a bunch of different corporate metrics, et cetera, et cetera. They put out this research report where they looked at the estimated earnings growth year over year for Q4 2023. So this is not forward looking. It's what just happened. But according to what they put out here. So remember, Goldman saying earnings going to keep growing. Mm -hmm. What fact that's saying is Q4 2023, according to what they believe, 53.7% was the earnings growth in Q4 2023 for Amazon, Apple, Google, Meta, Microsoft, and NVIDIA. The other 494 S&P 500 companies, negative 10.5%. So you're telling me <laughs> maybe earnings of seven companies are growing? Maybe. Earnings of I, I, I think that that's what's interesting. You know, we, we, because we were talking about the Magnificent Seven so much last year, there's these aggregate, aggregate numbers that are like, earnings will continue to grow. Stay invested. Where am I? I'm not saying the opposite, but I think it's interesting when you start to break it down and say, where are earnings coming from? Uh, and it's not just it's not just those other companies are are doing well too, but it's interesting when you break it down like that. If you just look at relative valuations and and mean reversion, the smart money long term is probably outside of the U.S. today. But those seven companies have been performing in ways that's almost unheard of and uh, hasn't been seen at least in recent times. So it's hard to bet against like the Microsoft and the yeah Meta, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So this Goldman Sachs report had so much good info. I actually retitled it. My title, their title was America Powers On. My title is the U.S. is a miracle, except for Congress. Congress sucks. <laughs> That's a good title. I would click on that. I would click exhibit, on that. Exhibit 22. Bills enacted by U.S. Congressional Session going back to... I think this is all the Congressional Sessions. This is... Oh, no. Sorry. They only show a graph for the last 18. 
But yeah. it says the 118th Congress is one of the most unproductive in modern history. This bar graph, Dougal's, like typically they enact, I don't know, say 400 bills, maybe on average. They've done like 20. Like typically in modern history, they do 400. This congressional session has done 20. Maybe it's the most productive, guys. Because maybe it's like what you did with 400, I can do with 20. Maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I'm sure that's it. I'm sure that's it. You, but here's here's the U.S. as a miracle part. Demographics, really solid. Some of the best in the world when you look, project out the next 60 years um, compared to countries like Germany, Japan, China, um, even India, Russia, the U.K. Like, amazing. R&D spending, they, they had this breakdown of basically country R&D spending, which is fascinating. And we crush everybody. We do, we do five times more than the next, or we, our spending is more than the five next largest countries in the world combined on R&D. Where do you think innovation is going to come from? There you that go. R&D spending. It's incredible. The, the chart was really good, but here's the warning sign, maybe. Exhibit 78, a Dougal special. Household delinquency by loan type. Starting to see uptick in auto loans, credit card loans, student loans. Yep. I, I'm still not convinced that it's like so much of economic data that comes in appears really positive, but there's still some cracks under there. I mean, it's just really hard to know where we're headed. Yeah, it's because I I don't want this to sound like a prediction of any sort, but if if I hope nothing breaks. If something were to, the feeling that I have is that it's going to be a cliff and not a gradual decline. Which is like, how things were. I yeah, mean, well, things are going to look good, go up, good, up, good, up, good. Up, up. Yeah. Bad. Bad. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, this is not rocket science that I'm throwing out here, but like that's the that's the reason why things can still look good and end up not not bueno. This is a good report. I like it. Can I? I'm going to shift. I'm going to take one thing you said about two minutes ago. You're talking about the smart money. Remember, you're talking about the smart money. Yeah. Where is the smart money going into these days? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you where the smart money's going. And when I say smart money, I'm talking about some bow post group, Seth Carmen's joint. I'm talking about some point seven two. I'm talking about some Berkshire Hathaway. Where's their money going, players? Where's their money going? When you get in your car and you want to just crank up like a podcast or maybe you want to crank up your smooth jazz channel, you go to Sirius Satellite Radio XM. You're doing this? I dug into this. Yeah. So okay, here we go. First of all, shout out to Todd, shout out to Todd who sent us our way. It's kind of listener to mail in a roundabout way. Oh, there we go. There yeah. we go. Let me give you a ticker. L S X M A. That is Larry Sally Xerox Mary Alpha. I don't know if there, any of those were <laughs> army call signals. That's the that's the ticker. What's going on here is that Lib- Liberty Me and uh, correct me if you if some if I say something incorrect. Yeah, Liberty Media is looking to buy Sirius Satellite Radio completely, but they own a part of it, and the part of it that they own is a tracking stock, and it's it's on the markets under that ticker I just gave to you, and so there's this bet basically that the there's an arbitrage situation where what currently is trading at about $31 a share, this tracking stock, will go up to the potential purchase price 
of $45 a share sometime this year, I think in Q3. And so some of the smart money is saying, yeah, that is a, there's a margin of safety here that this thing is going to close and that's going to, it's going to happen. And if it does, that's 50% upside. It's slightly more complicated than that. So I almost bought this because I trust Todd and the analysis here is good. The article you're referencing is from Bloomberg. From memory, Dougal's, I think it's a all share purchase. And so it converts 8.37 shares one to the other. The like baby Liberty X Sirius XM to the the mothership Sirius XM. Yeah. Two different tickers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and and right now, yeah, when I looked at it, I thought the the safety or the upside was only like 35%. If you're saying it's 50, I trust you. The the problem is both these stocks move every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I could fix the value of the mothership Sirius XM and and like whether it's discounted cash flow or anything else, and say it's actually worth X, and it probably is, you know, someone like Berkshire, I'm sure has done a deep dive or Bopost Group is really the one that I trust their analysis for a yep, yep. arbitrage event like this. So I could just ride Seth's coattails. But when I went through all that analysis, I was like, I don't really like the mothership serious XM. Yeah. I don't really have confidence in the value. So what could happen is I could buy with 40, 50% upside today. And I'm not convinced that the mothership won't stock by the time that the merger yeah. takes place won't go down 40%. And yep. then I took a bunch of risk to make whatever, say yeah. I make 12%. Like it just, yeah, I ran away from it. Yeah. That's the, I was trying to keep it simple. I'll, 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 I'll repeat. Cause you're right. I'll repeat part of what you said again. in I think the simplest way possible. Okay. So I was just talking about one going up, but you're absolutely right. What will happen if this closes is that the two stock prices will be at the same valuation. Yes. And so that could either mean that that this tracking stock goes up, or it could mean that the other stock comes down, but they will be at the same level. And what well, they the smart burn. money... Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm not trying to talk about the mechanics. I'm just saying... So, what, But what the smart money is saying when they're saying that the, there's a margin of safety, they're saying that there's in that 50%, there's enough margin of safety such that the return could end up at 30%, right? If... Uh, roughly, right? If uh, if one comes yeah. down, but the other still comes up. So that's yeah. the simplest way. Is it the best idea out there? It's my thing. I love it. I love the mechanics of it because it's like a math-based way to say I'm guaranteed margin of safety. But uh, this isn't my first rodeo in merger arbitrage. It's not. No. So I'm just saying that's where the smart money's going. You talking about a smart money? I'm just talking about a smart money too. All right. Okay. Can we keep talking about smart money? Can we keep talking about smart money? Here's Only where if there's else, a wheel of fortune coming. Here's where else the smart money is going. Okay. So I'm talking about penny stocks. If you are not all up in penny stocks right now, good for you. But this gentleman is going to play. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Public service announcement. There's some sarcasm here. We are not <laughs> comparing this dude to Buffett or anyone else that knows what's happening. Okay. But. We're, we're back in bubbly times, it appears, based on what's happening on TikTok investors. There you go. Does he want to roll the clip? Oh, yeah. Because this dude, his name must be Michael because he's getting buble. Here we go. Welcome to day 17 of throwing $3,000 into random penny stocks. So today, the market's going up. So that's really good. Let's take a look at our numbers and see where we're going. 
as you guys can see, it's steadily going up. We're at 2,723. So we're really close to back to the three grand mark. And I think it's just gonna keep going up from there. But like usual, let's uh, throw in the random generator and see what stock we land on today. All right, so here's the random wheel. And some over a hundred penny stocks. And let's see what it lands on. Whatever it lands on, that's what I'm buying. EGIO, let's see more about it. All right, so EGIO is currently sitting at 25 cents. It's gone down in the last uh, month, but yeah, I don't care about that stuff. So it's producing uh, digital content and video delivery, cloud security, edge computing, which means absolutely nothing to me, but here we go. I bought uh, $99 of 396 shares at 25 cents. And let's keep going till the end of the month and see how it goes from there. So that's where the smart money's going. <laughs> okay, when he... So he has like a wheel, a fortune wheel that he programmed in. And that, that was the little noise you hear in the background and that it randomly selects a stock. A penny stock. When, a penny stock. Pulls, yeah. When he pulls it up on Robinhood and he says like whatever it was like digital commerce and he says, I have no clue what that means. It's because the first time he's ever heard of the stock is when he's <laughs> pulling it up on yeah. Robinhood. He's reading the description and then... On top of that, at the beginning, he goes like, uh, markets are up today. That's good. We're at 2,700 bucks, which is close to the three grand I started <laughs> with. Like, it's only 10% I, off. It's so bad. It's so now, bad. okay, so it's gambling. I don't like it. I have a question for you. He at least is taking savings and buying assets. Is this like better? then well it's probably not fair to compare it to anything else uh, i want to say this is the worst thing in the world but there's i mean he's not just like he's kind of throwing the money in the fireplace i guess whether he's throwing it in the fireplace or not it's like this is not investing no not at all not at all but if, if this is here's what i'd say if this is his way of just getting to understand how the market works understand how to buy the three thousand dollars doesn't matter much, but he's trying to get used to the mechanics. I'm cool. <laughs> we both I, tried to do the positive take on this. There's just not yeah, a exactly. it's just not working. Yeah, it's we're, just not we're working. trying to be kind. Not no, this is just not. <laughs> All right. Here's what's related to that. So there's this piece in Axios. Americans' casino spending is soaring. We are currently at all-time highs for the amount that Americans are spending at casinos at about 161 billion dollars right now i don't know if there's anything else to say about that disappointing speaking of disappointing i was just about smart money i'm gonna combine a couple things smart money and disappointing i was so excited that chamath was raising a vc fund because i had my checkbook ready but then he called it off disappointed i was so disappointed he called it off so chamath he had plans to raise a billion dollars for this investment fund decided not to do it he then got asked what happened? He responded by sending a poop emoji. It's part of the Elon Musk playbook. The poop you can't emoji. just take random things from the Elon Musk playbook. You gotta, you gotta either, you either run <laughs> I that do the whole, whole book, thing. Yeah, yeah. You either run that whole book or you don't. Oh, all right. That's the end of my quick hits. I'm gonna pull a munger. Nothing to add on Chamath. So I don't Thank trash you. the guy. All right. All right. Books. How about you start us off, Dougals? Yeah, how are you ranking these? Are you how are you walk us through the 
No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk about some books that I would recommend that I enjoyed that I read last year. Let's These are not necessarily my top books, even from last year, but I'm gonna but they are but they're books I definitely recommend. Wait, where do we get the top books? Would are you withholding that information? You have a, have, yeah. a, have a separate Yeah, I got a whole separate thing on that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Reading with a whole separate thing on that. A whole separate I could, podcast. Maybe, I haven't so I, I make a blog post of my my book recommendations. I generally have put it on my personal blog and not on the Skippy Dougal's blog because it's not really investment related. Maybe this year I'll put it on the Skippy Dougal's blog. We'll see if people people enjoy it. Okay. So G-Man is the book. G-Man. It's about, yeah, G-Man. You might think it's about the New York football giants, but no, it's not. It is about J. Edgar Hoover. So this is a book by uh, Beverly Gage, and it tracks, it goes back and looks at the life of J. Edgar Hoover. For those that are not familiar with Hoover, he ran the FBI, basically was there from near the beginning of the FBI. I know, and listen, I know you read the books, but I got to jump in there. No, no, vacuums. Vacuums, Douglas. Oh, is that like, what this not is? Not an FBI. Yeah, vacuum. That explains so much of what happened in that book. Because <laughs> I was like, this book sucks. No, I'm joking. No, so this book, actually, I thought was really solid. It, it, it dives into his life, the starting of the FBI, what his like political upbringing is. It then walks through him running the FBI, decisions that he made, his personal life. It is, it's long. It's a long one, but it's a, it goes deep. And I think it's well worth the read. Shocked me how good this was. I, I'm intrigued. I like this. There you go. G man. I like my boy Hoover too. And all these we'll put on the Substack, by the way. So, yeah. All All right. right. My most recent read, thought provoking, it's called, Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence uh, by a professor at Stanford, Anna Lemke. I think I'm saying that right. I'm going to read a quote and I'm going to say nothing else. It's, uh, it's kind of long, so bear with me. Without pleasure, we want to eat, drink, or reproduce. Without pain, we want to protect ourselves from injury or death. By raising our neutral set point with repeated pleasures, we become endless strivers, never satisfied with what we have, always looking for more. But herein lies the problem. Human beings, the ultimate seekers, have responded too well to the challenge of pursuing pleasure and avoiding pain. As a result, we've transformed the world from a place of scarcity to a place of overwhelming abundance. That's the book in a nutshell. So her take, which I don't know is perfect, but like, Really, the first half of this book will blow your mind. Yeah. Um, okay. When she talks about whether it's food or investing, Robin Hood, or you name it, we've created free markets around things that give us dopamine hits. Uh, we've made, I didn't know any of this, like we made synthetic drugs on top of natural occurring opiates that are a thousand times more powerful. Like I had no idea that the, the contrasts are that stark and it becomes so much easier to constantly get dopamine hit after dopamine hit after dopamine hit that if you get out of balance that leads to addiction and and a lot of i mean it might lead to buying penny stocks because (laughs) on a wheel like honestly because you get a dopamine hit every time you buy a penny stock fascinating book really thought it was good liked it and we talk about meta dopamine hits I mean, that organization has mastered. That's why they're in Congress every six days. Yep. Yep. And that's why I'm not selling. 
because they have <laughs> 4 billion users and they are stealing people's dopamine. Because endlessly. I am a capitalist. And <laughs> there you go. Okay, my next one. This one's a bit more serious, worth the read, but be ready for it if you do. It's called Built from the Fire. So we've we've talked, maybe it was a couple years ago, we talked about the Tulsa massacre from 1921, right? It must have been three years ago. We probably talked about it around the 100th anniversary. And so this night, by the way, uh, I'll give you quick synopsis. It's 100 years ago, so the histories of these things are are difficult to like fully come across. But the the short version is on this night or during this day in Tulsa, there was an alleged sexual assault that occurred inside of an elevator of a department store. From all accounts, the sexual assault probably did not happen, but there was an alleged sexual assault. There was a black man that was in the elevator with a with a white woman, white woman screen, and the black man was then pursued by the town. The sheriff of the town took the black man in, put him in jail, not necessarily, I don't think maybe not at all because he thought he was guilty, but to keep him safe. Like the sheriff was like, the people in the town are coming after you. I'm going to keep you here. Yep. This then set off a night of terror, a lot of killing, et cetera, that happened. Uh, and there was this, this district, this business district in Tulsa called Greenwood District. And Greenwood is what they call the Black Wall Street. It was when black people were building up their businesses, et cetera. It got fully burned. Okay. That's the short version. What this book does. So I've read a few books about about that night, this book goes back and follows the families of like, I think it was three or four families from that time and what's happened to the families over the last hundred years. Oh, wow. And so like what this event did for someone that like, there was this woman that owned a couple different businesses, including the movie theater. And she was like thriving. One of the wealthiest people in Tulsa, everything got burned down and it follows what's happened to her family over the last hundred years. It's a deep one. Be ready for it, but I recommend it. That sounds like another great one. Um, I wish I had more of the facts at my fingertips, but there's a black family. This is like, I think it's Santa Monica area that owned a ridiculous, great real estate beachfront in basically Santa Monica that yep. they were robbed of. And uh, there's been articles on that recently in the court cases, and they kind of got rights to the land back. And then the the debate because I think there's like a hotel on it or something. Now the yeah. debate about what happens next is truly fascinating. Like it is based on what I know, one of those hundred year stories that's interesting around every corner because like yeah. it just re really matters. It really changes the history. I want to say the history of the future, but I, I hope you know Ooh, what I mean. By that. That's another good uh, investment report title. There we go. There we go. So when we signed up to do this, I didn't realize that you were giving me like seven more reads. I'm in trouble now. Um, <laughs> you got plenty of time. All right. So this is really just to throw shake your way. Morgan Housel's new book, which I read the day it came out and is great. And no, I was I trying to find it. my it's notes. In but it's in I my queen. My notes are buried. So we might just come back to this one. For listeners of the show, if you read any of Morgan's stuff, Morgan is truly... I always feel like I have to make time for it because it makes you think deeply. But every time I actually dive in, I'm always happy that I did. You know, there's no disappointment in reading a Morgan Housel article or book. Um, this is good. So I think we'll do the deep dive when you actually get to it. But um, 
honestly, if you hear all these, the titles we talked about today and just need like an easy one to read on a plane for business travel, just pick it up. It's good. I like that. I think it's like number eight in my, my queue. So, all right. The next one, a little bit more playful, a little bit more playful called Dilla Time. Dilla Time. Dilla Time. This one's, oh, so sorry. The last one uh, built from the fire was by Victor Luckerson. This one, Dilla Time by Dan Charnas. Charnas, that's how you pronounce it. So for those music lovers out there in the world, there was a producer back in the 90s, early 2000s, started making them beats that people was like, oh, snap, who who did that down? His name was Jay Dilla. Mm-hmm. Jay Dilla created, well, what's the right way to say this? I'll, I'll say created. Basically what he did from a young age, he would just hear music differently. And so this is the story of him like growing up and getting to the music business, but he hear music differently. And so then he would say, if you go back and listen to different styles of music, that you listen to, you listen to jazz, you listen to soul, you go back, you listen to gospel, you know, et cetera. There was this, uh, I'll say like European way of how timing has to work in music. That's symmetrical, sounds a certain way. And he goes, I can take different parts of what I've heard back from, from music I've listened to and change up the beat such that it doesn't sound, it sounds like a little off, but nice to you. That's Dilla time. And so this book is about what he did for music. And a lot of people probably haven't heard of Jay Dilla. So it's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting read. I also found it to be interesting as I was reading this book, I put it down and go be like, I got to check out that track again. Cause there'd be tracks yeah. I haven't heard in yeah. 25, 30 years. I was like, let me listen to that joint again. Let me listen to the light by common as an example, one more time. So and like, good. listen, so to anyway, Dilla time. So you know what clip I saw? I'm sure this has been out there for a decade plus. Have you seen the clip of Eminem rhyming words with orange? I don't know. I don't know about that. So, it's like very similar in the way he uh, messes with his cadence to kind of yeah. hear music differently. And so he's, it's some like sit down interview with someone like Charlie Rose or whatever. And he just goes, yeah, like, that's not true. I can rhyme anything with anything. And he goes on for like, whatever, 20 seconds. And you're just like, oh my goodness, none of those words rhyme, but they all sound yeah. like they would rhyme. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, this, I, I have not heard that so i will not do this justice but i do think it's amazing when you can hear in hip-hop or other i'll just stick with hip-hop because that's what i know best in hip-hop where people will because of cadence or just the way in which you say the word like if you say instead of orange if you say like orange right you can rhyme that with d range right there's like things that you could just do with your m&m more i'm a sweet little candy i mean i'm a little bit of chocolate (laughs) okay we talked about this book last week but like so we had Connor uh, Dortry on the show. Love the interview. I think he's so like a little bit of a mad scientist because his expertise in real estate is so deep, right? But there are parts of that book, which you and I both just read that I just have to, we didn't even get to talk about some of these things. So oh, yeah. first is housing and inequality. Like that was one of my main questions. And I think he does a master, masterful job of explaining uh, some of the history there. Uh, it goes back to it's a lot of the stuff we were just talking about in Tulsa and California with land ownership. Really good book. I think the majority of the inequality talk is in chapter four of Golden Gates, Fighting for Housing in America. Fascinating stuff. And then the other thing that we were able to touch on briefly, but not as much as I wanted to, is is really like this 
this maturation in the American mindset. And it's happened in the Canadian mindset too, where a number of things collided in place. Home ownership got sold as the American dream. Home prices rose uh, all within the past 60 years to a place where there's a mindset for a lot of people in this country that home prices cannot go down for a variety of reasons. Some people think of it as investment. Some people, I mean, it's just so complex. Yep. But I thought his book it's good. does a masterful job of outlining some of those things. And it, I don't feel like I can intelligently speak about residential real estate in this country without Connor's expertise. And I don't know anyone else that's his parallel on that front. So I, there's a, there was a book I wasn't going to talk about. Yeah. I love this book that I read last year. I wasn't going to talk about it because I was trying to get off my serious front. But now, because you brought that up, there is a book I'm going to recommend. It's called The Color of Law, A Forgotten History of How Our Government Segregated America. So this book goes back into history from a legal perspective. This is written by Richard Rothstein from a legal perspective and looks at what laws were put in place that then systemically made it such that people couldn't buy houses as one one factor that uh, like, you know, redlining, like how that occurred and like what that yeah. did. It's a it, the color of law. It's a good one. That's a freebie. Again, uh, freebie. another Oh, sorry. That book is not another free. book. I, I got to read. Like, I didn't mean to talk about it. So that was like a bonus book. Free, free recommendation. We followed you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My real right. Next recommendation though is Elon Musk mm. by Walter Isaacson. How is it? Like, like, give me a rating out of five. I, I really enjoyed it. It get on my rating scale. So my rating scale, I go from one to four. It got a four. This book I thought was Wait, solid. Not- Why does your rating scale go from one to four when I asked you to give it a rating out of five? Because I don't, I don't do, I don't do that. I don't do that nonsense. What I, what I do. So here's my rating scale. Uh, a one. It's not like a, it's not like a four star thing. A one means not worth reading it. That's what a one is. A two means it's worth reading. A three is I'd recommend it to somebody. And a four is you best go read it right now. It's a banger. So it's the best go read it right now. Jay Jay Dilla produced it basically. Yeah, Jay Dilla yeah. produced Elon Musk. Here's. So I, I like Walter's stuff, generally speaking, although I think some of his books I like more than others. Einstein, enjoyed, not going to get a four. This book got a four for me. What it did for me with Elon, and this gets back to even what we, what we were talking about before, the poop emojis, is in reading this book, I went, Elon makes sense. Not, just to be clear, not I agree with all the things and I think that what he's saying is right. But when you string the fullness of Elon together, I went, it's just logical. Like... The, the things that he does and says, for the most part, connect to his fundamental beliefs. And there are not a lot of people that I could say that about. He's a very analytical thinker. I mean, I haven't read the book. It's another one I need to read. I f- generally follow his train of thought. Like it, it, Sometimes I think his actions are unusual, but it's very rare that I'm like, and where did that come? Like, do you remember when he was mad at short sellers? Uh, for Tesla stock, yeah, and he sold red short shorts on Tesla's yes. website. Like it's a car <laughs> yes. company yeah. for like a hundred bucks. It was a joke. It was kind of funny. That's there I get go. where he, I get there where he came go. from. Uh, I'll have to check that one out. Speaking of which, what he's done with cars, there's debate over his compensation model, which is when Tesla. I'll get the facts roughly right here. When when Tesla was like a. 60 billion dollar company in terms of market cap 
they signed something that said, if we're a $600 billion company, again, directionally, right, then we're going to give Musk a $50 billion bonus, basically. And the reason they signed that is because they said uh, that would make him one of the top five, that would make Tesla one of the top five most valuable companies in the world. Like, that's impossible. And guess what? He did it. Yeah. <laughs> And then it, now it's in court, whether that's an insane compensation model or not, which I understand as well. But well, but hold it clearly. Delaware said it is an insane compensation model. And then Elon's like, well, then companies should leave Delaware. <laughs> this is how yeah. he rolls. This is how he rolls. Yeah. I mean, it is an insane compensation model. But what he did is also insane and basically unbelievable. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah anyway, um, yep. that's a side tangent. I'm telling you, if you look at like the Model 3 and the Model Y and you live in a state that gives decent incentives, they're basically giving those cars away now after yeah. you factor in the savings I get. It's insane what he's done to change the dynamic of one of the most entrenched old school models. And I'm talking about automotive sales. It's bizarre. It's fascinating, dude. My next book is one that got... It got it was really popular for a while. I think its moment is gone, but it's outlived by Peter Atia. Oh, yep. Have you read this one? I did. Here's the breakdown, guys. You don't need to read it, although it's fascinating. If you get your VO2 max in the top two percent of your age group, or even better, the top two percent of an age group slightly below you, your chance of dying is very, very small. Now, this is hilarious. Oh, no, I, no, you're going to die. But you're sorry, you're, you're not immortal. dying prematurely. Yeah, you're not immortal at that point, just to be clear. <laughs> it's bizarre because in a way, that's like a very meaningful fact that says the most powerful medicine we have is exercise. If you're if you're if you're solving this equation purely of I'm trying to live long, if that's yeah. the equation you're trying yeah. to solve, exercise is probably the best thing you can do. But also that's kind of insane. Like, <laughs> oh, you just have to be like an Olympic level athlete and you're going to be more resilient to injuries and disease. Really? That, that's what your decades of research informed you? Like, yeah. I think I could have told you that in fifth grade. <laughs> so, something else I liked from this book, sticking with the exercise point, yeah. is, which is practical, is he brought up, I can't remember exactly what he called it, but I think it was something like the geriatric decathlon. It was something like that that he called it. Mm -hmm. And what he was saying was, as you're getting older, it's important to you know, maintain muscle mass and all the stuff you just mentioned around like exercise is a big deal. And think about the things that you want to do when you're older and do workouts that support those things. Like an example is like, if you, if you want to be able to pick up your grandchild, but you can't do cleans with 35 pounds, then you're not going to be able to pick up your grandchild. So it's like things like that, or like, like do farmer carries. Because if you yep. do farmer carries where you're holding weights and you're walking, you know, for let's call it 30 seconds, that means you can carry your groceries. It's just like, there are like some practical elements that I was like, that's, it's pretty interesting. You see this brilliant commercial. I think it was from Germany, came out during the holiday season. It's, it's this grandpa widower who's, he just like, gets in his sweats every day and starts doing these crazy exercises and his neighbors start taking notice. And everyone's like, everyone's going like, what got into Charles over there? Right. Does this for months and months and months. And every time you're like, those exercises are super bizarre. And then Christmas comes around. He picks up his granddaughter to put the star on the Christmas tree. Like it's so heartwarming, but it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind yeah. of that. Like he, yeah. 
prepped months in advance because he knew he wanted to do this one thing. Yeah, really. Cool. That's it. That's that's awesome. I love it. My next book is called An Immense World, How Animal Senses Reveal the Hidden Realms Around Us. I may have brought this up in one of the podcast episodes this year. Although this book was super cool. If you think animals are interesting, the book is interesting for that reason. It, it goes through different animals around the world, some of which you probably heard of, some of which you maybe didn't, and how they sense the world. So that's how, uh, how they experience touch, how they experience sound, how they experience sight. And it's very different from the way other animals do. So if you like animals, boom, boom, check it out, because it's awesome for that reason. I also enjoyed it because in a, a lot of my thought process, I think about different perspectives and how, how do you view the world from other people's perspectives. And so while these were animals, one of the key themes that came up for me was when I'm seeing a thing and someone else is looking at that same thing, I imagine that they're seeing the same thing that I am. And then maybe we agree about it. Maybe we disagree about it. They're never seeing the same thing. But they're never seeing the same thing. And I think we, intellectually, I think we kind of get that. But this just brought it home in a really practical sense that when we hear the same thing, when you read the same thing, you're actually not reading or hearing the same thing. People's backgrounds and experiences come into it. Literally, their biology like, might come into it. So I thought this is a pretty, pretty pimp one. like it. I'm going to squeeze two in here. Free recommendation, Poor Charlie's Almanac. Buy it through Stri Stripe Press. I've been seeing some buzz. Mine's still in the mail. I think for 20 bucks, not only do you get a beautiful hardcover of this masterpiece, Ooh. I okay. think they're also sending out some peanut, some peanut brittle doodles. <laughs> is I that think, a real? Is that a real thing? <laughs> I've seen multiple people get it. Now I don't know if they're like so they got the celebrity package or if that's a standard okay. package. But man, I'm dying to get. I hate peanut brittle. I will eat it in Charlie's memory. Pick that one up. The book I really want to talk about is called Thirst: A Story of Redemption, Compassion, and Mission to Bring Clean Water to the World. It's by Scott Harrison. I oh, saw yeah. this guy speak at a conference. Um, he runs Charity Water. His story is pretty interesting. Charity Water is just a, a charity that I think is cool. Basically, they're providing clean water to Africa because it's a foundational element that like dirty water leads to disease, illness, lack of education. If someone has to walk six hours each day, they don't have time to educate their children. If they if water's on their doorstep, they have time like so it's one of those foundational elements now like my wife's take on this is with charity is that you should try and be more local like i'm not in africa but to me the bang for the buck part of this initiative is amazing like it's one of those spend 10 bucks here 10 bucks there and truly change the lives of you know tens of thousands of people if we all band together so his book is really in depth but thought it was a quality read. And this is an easy organization to get behind because 100% of your gift goes to providing clean water to folks in Africa. Even if you use a credit card, they'll find a way to cover the credit card fees. All the administration cost is provided through other means. So they like have two charity arms, right? One that funds the administrative task. This is not the American, uh, sorry. Is it the American Heart Association where like 23% of your funds go to overhead costs? Like just 100% goes to provide clean water to people. Super awesome. Love it. All right. My next one, do hard things. Yes, Why we get resilience wrong. Yeah. 
Why We Get Resilience Wrong and the Surprising Science of Real Toughness. The title kind of says it all. Like, what's the benefit of being able to do things that are difficult? And there just is. Sometimes just for the sake of it. I, I read a blog post maybe like four or five months ago, something like that, about someone talking about math for this reason. And it was something about like the real value of math for kids. And it's not necessarily about the fact that you need to know how to do calculus, but just being able to learn a hard thing is a valuable skill. And so learning hard things, this is doing hard things, but I think it's it's a worthwhile read, worthwhile message. This one's by Steve Magnus. In a way, this ties into Dopamine Nation, the first book I mentioned. It also might tie into a book called The Comfort Crisis, which I think I've mentioned to you before, which is about the benefit of doing hard things, how that resets our natural balance. Like if everything's a teeter-totter and the hedonic treadmill pushes that teeter-totter in one way or another, and sometimes it pushes it to a life of convenience, the way to bring that teeter-totter back is maybe with some balance of doing hard things. Steve Magnus, now is he a like professional endurance coach, runner? I, I know the name. I think, I think he's a coach. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I can't remember exactly because it's been a, it's been a minute, but I'm pretty sure he works with people to perform. And a lot of that is athletes. Yeah. I got to check this one out. Sounds great. Uh, my last book, I, I guess I'm a middle-aged uh, dude. I read a Mitch album book for the first time. What was it? He, the heaven people? I read, it's called the little liar. It's his new one. Oh no, I, I didn't um, know he had a new one. It's a story about, it takes place during the Holocaust about a Jewish family in Greece and it's historical fiction. So like made up story, but he did tons of interviews and Mitch actually after college flew to Greece, learned to speak Greek and played at a piano bar <laughs> for like years. That was his, his job before he became an author. So he has connections to the area and therefore, you know, like could write about it really well. His ability to like tie, tie the story together at the very end is something special, man. It's, it's a really hard material, right? Um, a Jewish family during the Holocaust. Yeah. A ton of people die. It's super depressing, but also uh, he manages to put a little light at the end. Um, I didn't think you were going that direction. I didn't think you were going to Mitch. I Me neither, man. Me neither. All right, so am I closing it out here? Yeah. Okay. Disclaimer. This book itself, I kind of walked away from and I was like, eh, I don't know if the book is all that good, but I thought that the, the points in the book were pretty good. So it got a worth reading from me. But I'm going to talk about it here because I think the concept is, is a good one. Especially, and I can relate this one back to investing too. It's called 10x is easier than 2x. Oh, this is on my bookshelf. Hold on. Let's see, 10x easy. Yeah, same book. <laughs> Have you read it? No, it's literally in my pile of potential reads. Yeah. So this one's by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. The premise is that it's using 2x. So doubling sounds like a lot. But what it's saying is in order to double, you can incrementally improve over time and you'll double. Good for you. Nice. In order to 10x something, you need to... There's a series of things in the book it talks about, but you need to like give up some of what you're doing to 2x in order to like leapfrog as an example. So there's just like a set of principles if you want to grow and step 
like a step change way that there's a series of things you have to do that are different than what you do if you want to grow incrementally. Uh, and I, I think there's some interesting parallels to in thinking about investing as well. You, but, but what I'd say, you don't need to do 10x in investing. However, I think it's valuable in my own thought process. I have dumb questions. This is why I haven't read the book yet. As you know, I support uh, small businesses for my day job. And growth uh, cures all evils in a lot of ways. But if you grow too rapidly, that is all, it, there are two ways to go out of business. One is running out of cash and the other is growing too rapidly and having you get out over your skis and like die because of it. Well, then you so, run out of cash. Yeah. It all comes down yeah, to running out of cash. Then you run out of cash, right? <laughs> so usually we talk about moderate, reasonable, aggressive growth. But how, how does the book address that? And I'm at, would it be valuable from that perspective? Yeah. So the, the big difference is that this isn't saying the, the premise of the book isn't grow as fast as you can at all costs. It's being deliberate. And what it's, what it's saying is, that oftentimes it's not doing 2x five times that gets you 10x. It's actually doing less things, but doing them more deeply will help you to grow more. And so what I would say in the case, in the getting over your skis, it's usually not deliberate. It's usually just like, let's just take in as much as we possibly can without intentionality. Mm-hmm. And this brings up more intentionality in that growth. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like uh, if you think about your customers, right? I mean, you got, you got customers in your day to day. You think about customers, you could, you could say, okay, I just want to, anyone that comes to me and needs my support, I'm going to take them on. That's different than saying, let me figure out the customer that I can serve best, that I want to work with, et cetera. And your business can be larger by working with four customers that oh, are you know, deeper with yeah. than 20 customers, right? That, you, that it's like a death by a thousand cuts. That's it. Okay. If I put you on the spot and our listeners have to read one of the books you discussed, what are you saying? I mean, it's the most playful maybe of them all. I'd go with an immense world. The one about animal senses. Okay. W- what about you? I think if you haven't read Poor, Charm- Poor Charlie's Almanac, you just got to read it. Okay. That's fair. I, I have I think it. it will change your life. I have it. Oh, it will change your life. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to go on the stripe. Hook it up. All right. Get my, get my brittle. All right, guys. Shoot feedback to skippydiggles at gmail.com. We don't mention it every episode, but we do have premium subscribers that support the show. They get the show at least a day early. They get premium content a couple times a year. If you want to support the show that way, we truly appreciate it. And you can go to skippydoogles.supercast.com to do it. And then also, we'd ask that you share the show with a friend, especially if you have a friend who's a bookworm. Maybe this is a good episode to share. And uh, hit us with a review on your podcast of choice because that helps more f- people find the show. Thanks so much. Thank you.